Now, look, you know me. I know you. There's no pressure here, but just let me preach. I, maybe we're just going to have a talk tonight, but let's. The Holy Ghost is moving. going to pick it up at verse 21 of Matthew chapter 15. I want to, before we go into this reading, publicly say that I have, my wife and I, have had this church in our prayers recently. St. Clara family, the Bingham family, we have prayed and continue to pray for y'all. We love y'all. We love y'all. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. Just that wording, you can feel her pain. But he answered her, not a word. I don't speak for you, I can only speak for me. That kind of sounds like 2020. His disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him in her pain. When there was no answer from the only one who could provide an answer. He answered and said, I... It is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. Things are just getting worse. Kind of sounds like 2020. We started this year off saying 2020 vision, clear vision, focus. Now we're more confused than ever. He said, she said, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. She's still in a worship mode, a worship attitude. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very Kind of sounds like 2020. I see when I was relating it to the bad part, you were saying amen. Her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Kind of sounds like 2020. 
Wednesday morning I was in the Denver airport as the Holy Ghost dealt with me on this message that I thought was going to be for another church. Now I know it was for this church. Verse number 23, but he answered her not a word. I want to speak to you tonight on the silence of God. silence of God. Is, is there anybody beside me that feels like God's not been talking very much this year? I guess I'm by myself. You pray, no answer. In March, you thought, surely by fall this will be over with. It's worse. I love what your pastor said today and I have even made that statement because I've heard them say it will be over in November. You're an idiot. You know me, I have no filter. I've heard some say that we're going to wait till 2021 to do anything, to schedule anything. As if somehow it's going to be done. My worship is not predicated by who sits in the Oval Office. My worship is based by the one who sits on the throne. And even in his silence, this woman gave us a key to make him talk. Worship. So right now, front to back, side to side, I want you to worship. I don't care if you clap or lift your hands. I, I just want to worship. There's enough Holy Ghost in this house right now to get what you need without me saying another word.
You may be seated. Stay in this mode. Holy Ghost is going to do a work tonight. Forty-three times in Scripture we read the words, God said. Sixty-five times do we find the words, Jesus said. Sixty-four times you will find the words, Jesus answered. We know tonight that Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. So 129 times in the Bible do we find God speaking. We all like it when God speaks. In fact, the beginning of your Bible, the first chapter, the seedbed of what we find in the next 65 books, the first chapter of that first book. God does a lot of talking. In the beginning we are told God created the heaven, the earth. And this earth he made was without form. It was void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. But the Spirit of God began to move on the face of the waters. And God said. When God began to talk, what was dark became light. We like it when God talks. We love it when God pronounces blessings and victory into our life. That first chapter, everything we love, everything we adore, everything we even visit, all happened because God said. God talked to Moses on the backside of a desert and told him, commissioned him to go back to Egypt And deliver those who were still held in Pharaoh's bondage. God talked to him. And from the talk there was deliverance. We like it when God talks. God told Joshua after Moses died. To get the people ready for tomorrow. God said. I will do wonders among you. When God begins to speak, things begin to move. When God begins to speak, deliverance happens. When God begins to speak, wonders and miracles are evident. We like it when God talks. David wanted to build God a house, but because he was a man... Of bloody hands he was unable to. But God came to him. In the loneliness of not building God a house. God 
came to him and God told David, you may not be able to build me a house, but I will build you a house. Things begin to take place when God talks. We like it when God talks. God can even talk in the middle of a drought. Just ask Elisha. No rain, no water, no substance. But yet in the middle of that, God spoke to Elisha and told him to go to the brook Cherith. And in the middle of a drought, water kept flowing. Because when God speaks, His words can override human nature. We like it when God talks. And from that river from a drought from a famine God caused ravens to come and feed his prophet it's not in the nature for ravens to feed they don't give they take but when God speaks when God talks nature changes we like it when God talks But there are moments, there are times in our life, there are seasons that we have to experience the silence of God. See, nobody wants to say amen to that because that's the one thing we don't want to hear. But I believe I'm not the only one who can say I've prayed some prayers that went unanswered. I've had some dreams that went unfulfilled. It's the silence of God. God told Jacob when he was at Bethel the first time He saw a ladder that stretched up to heaven. Just let me talk to you tonight. And angels were ascending and descending. And God talked to him. And God promised him, I'm going to give you seed. I'm going to bless you with seed that will outnumber the stars of heaven and the sand on the seashore. If you know anything about the principle of seed and growth, it's always spiritually talking of revival. He was promised revival but you won't find God talking to him again until 20 years later see Jacob liked the promise he liked the talk but it's kind of hard to live 20 years when there is no conversation when there is no answer when the revival is still just a promise The silence of God. How about it, Joseph? I know what your daddy tells you, that, that you're his favorite. and I, I, I know the dreams God's placed on your life, and God's been talking to you, but kind of silent when your brothers hate on you. 
Come on, come on. Not much talking, Joseph, when you're in the pit. Not much talking when you're in the palace and you're being trapped. Not much, not much talking when you're in the prison. It's the silence of God. God promised Abraham that the day would come, his seed would be a stranger in a land that's not theirs. And while they are there, they will be afflicted for four hundred years. But you go read in the Exodus when they came out. It was 430 years. 30 years that God never said anything about. Silence of God. We can handle the 400 that we saw coming, but what about the 30 God was silent about? Kind of tough to deal with that. Come on, Moses, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you the deliverer. But before he ever got a word from a burning bush, he was a fugitive for 40 years. No talk. It was the silence of God. You're not alone in the silence of God. You're not by yourself in the silence of God. How about it, David? Come on, man. You're a praiser. You're a singer. You're even a man after God's own heart. You're a king. You're, you're the anointed one. You're, you're the one God chose. You're the one God destined. You're, you're the one God put anointing on. But even David had to face the silence of God. Listen to his prayer in that season of silence. I cried unto the Lord with my voice. With my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before him. I showed him my trouble. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, Then thou knewest my path. In the way wherein I walked, have they privately laid a snare for me. I looked on my right. And behold, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. I cried unto the Lord. I said, Thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. I tend unto my cry. For I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors. For they are stronger than I. Bring my soul out of prison. Come on, Can you feel his pain? Bring my soul out of prison that I may praise thy name. The righteous shall compass me about for thou shalt deal 
bountifully with them just in those seven short verses. He's saying, I have no refuge. He's saying, I'm complaining. He's saying, I'm in trouble. He's saying, I'm in prison. I'm crying to you. I'm pouring out to you. I'm pouring out my spirit to you. I'm trying my best to get a hold of you. I'm trying my best to get some answers and get some clarity and get some revelation. But I looked on my right and no one's there. It's easy to pray when God's talking. It's hard to pray when you feel like he's not even listening. Come on, David. Brighten up, man. You're, you're a giant killer. You're, you're, you're a 200 Philistine slayer. Yeah, yeah, but how about when he's in a cave? And the only fellowship he can find is among 400 distressed, in debt, discontented people. Here's a prayer David prayed in the silence of God. He said, save me, O God, for the waters are come into my soul. I sink in deep mire where there is no standing. I am come into deep waters where the floods overflow me. I am weary of my crying. He even said, my throat is dry. Crying so much, God, I got no voice left to cry. But you're not talking. Come on, have 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 you been there? How about it, Job? Come on, Job's testimony was there's none like him in the earth. That's what God said about him. 24 hours later, he's sitting among the ashes, scraping boils off his body because he's lost everything and his wife and friends want him to curse God and die. It's, it's, It's the silence. It's the silence of God. It's... When God's not talking, when God's not speaking, when God's not. So when we come to our text, this this woman, this woman comes to Jesus because she's tried every other avenue. She's tried every other resource and no one's been able to help and no one's been able to supply the need. So she comes to Jesus with faith. That's that's what brought her there. Confidence in in this man that can do anything. An assurance that when I cry to him, when I ask him, he'll love me enough to, to, to do what I'm asking. And you can feel the pain in her voice when she says, my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil come and heal her it would have been bad enough had Jesus said let me think about it 
It would have been bad enough had Jesus said, wait. But Jesus did not even respond. He answered her, not a word. To make matters worse, the disciples begin to say, Lord, send her away. And he turns to them and begins to speak. Anybody ever felt like that? You're the one with the need. You're the one in trouble. You're the one that needs a miracle. But it's like he doesn't have time for you, but everybody else with the wrong spirit and the wrong motives and the wrong agendas, they're the ones that get blessed. Oh God, we're, we're the ones that, that, that preaches your name and, and believes in holiness and stands for righteousness, but it's the church down the road that seems like it's growing. That doesn't even preach anything. Come on, it's, you ever felt like that? Be honest. It's the silence of God. He says, I'm not sent but under the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Israel's my target, not, not Canaan. What, what does she do when God's not speaking? How, how does she handle when God's not even giving her the time of day? How does she deal with this silence of a man who's the only one that can do what she's asking? I don't know how she got it, but, but there was something in her spirit. There was an attitude that she got a hold of. If, if I'm going to walk all this way to get to him, if, if, if I'm going to walk on the dusty roads and deal with the, with the weather and the storm just to get here, I'm going to fight just to stand where I am. Then she already came with a made up mind. You go and you read. You read the book of Matthew. You start in Matthew chapter 8. Miracles begin to happen. Lepers are cleansed. Peter's mother-in-law is cleansed. Just read the chapter before this one. 5,000 are fed. You read those miracles and you'll find the sad tragedy that there was nobody, nobody that got the miracle or nobody that was there to see the miracle. Nobody offered a worship to Jesus. Not even his own disciples could say amen. Hallelujah. Not even Jesus. Judas, the one he chose as a praiser, would not even clap his hands. 5,000 are fed, and nobody says thank you. 5,000 are fed, and nobody says, I love you, Lord. Lepers are cleansed, and no one says, I thank you, Jesus. I think Jesus got to a place in Matthew 15 that he said, I'm tired of dishing out everything without ever receiving anything. So before 
before I make another move, before I heal another body, before I save another life, before I do another, I do another healing. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna prove a point. My silence. My silence can only be unlocked when someone has a made up mind. If I'm here, I'm going to worship while I'm here. If I came this far, if I fought this much, if I went through all my trouble and all my struggle and all my problem just to get here. Whether you talk or not, she fell down and she worshipped him the only way to survive the silence of God is to worship during his silence the only the only way to handle But God doesn't talk to you is by you talking to Him. Abraham, take now thy son, thine only son. Go up to Mount Moriah and sacrifice him back to me. He goes, he, Isaac, a few others. Before they ascend up that mountain, he said it today. He said, y'all stay here. Me and the lad are going to go up yonder and we're going to worship. They're walking up that mountain here. The only conversation you will hear is Abraham and Isaac. Not God. We got the wood. We got the fire. But daddy, where's the sacrifice? Watch what Abraham says. The Lord himself will provide. How are you so sure he's not even talking to you? Because he had the revelation. He always provides on the other side of my worship. He didn't say God will provide, let's worship. He said let's worship and God will provide. He had a revelation. You want to open God's mouth? Worship him. You want to get God moving? Worship Him. You want to get God talking? Worship Him. You want to get God providing? I don't know if you've noticed. I've not kept up with the way Anderson's done it, the way Indiana's done it, but in my crossing America this year, Everybody's doing something different. Have church inside, have church outside, don't have church at all. 
Wear a mask when you're coming in. Wear a mask when you're going out. Don't wear a mask. Everybody's doing something. But the one sure thing is it doesn't matter if you're inside, outside, with a mask, without a mask. Worship. 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 I know it's simple, but if you get an attitude, it's powerful. Worship. Worship. Come on. If churches would do as much worshiping to God as we do fighting with each other, this thing may end. the only answer yeah California may say you can't sing but you can't stop my worship they may say shut your doors but they can't shut my worship come on it's the only sure thing we got Come on, it's the only thing man can't make us stop doing. Worship. Worship. Come on, if it's in a church building, if it's in your car, if it's in your bedroom, if it's in your office, you better keep your worship intact. Come on, right now, lift your hands and worship. Come on, lift your voice and worship. Come on, all over the building right now. When you don't know what to do, worship. When you don't know where to go, worship. Don't wait for me to make you worship. Do it right now. Come on. 
I don't need to preach another word if you can just get this in your heart. Worship. In your family trouble, worship. In your financial difficulty, worship. In your weariness, worship. In your confusion, worship. In your heartbreak, worship. In your worry, You won't worry so much if you learn to worship. You won't be afraid so much if you learn to worship because when you worship, you get a revelation. God will provide. God will provide. God will provide. I feel like, just stay right where you are, I feel like I have a connection with this church I don't have with every church. So there's some things I can say here I could not somewhere else. Every pastor I've talked to this year has told me during those weeks, however long it was, that they wasn't in church. Every pastor I've talked to has told me they took that time to redo some things in the church. Rebuild platforms and stages. Tell you what I did. I took the time to rebuild me. Your pastor knows this. And I'm assuming you do. You, you know my heart and my burden and my, my unquenchable desire is Holy Ghost revival in America, in the in churches. It's, it's what I I wouldn't be worth my salt doing what I'm doing if I didn't have that. problem with an evangelist that has that kind of burden is when he goes to churches that do not have that. And I can handle one or two, but when it's week after week after week, and I'm plowing and I'm plowing I'm digging and I'm digging and it's like nobody wants it. It's like, no, they're just content. I'm telling you, it keeps me up at night. It, it gnaws at me. Before this pandemic ever hit, I was going through a major 
struggle with that. For at least a month and a half, week after week after week, I'm pouring everything out and getting nothing in return. One, one, one pastor we had scheduled, had this dude scheduled for two years. He waits till I get there to inform me that he's going to take Monday night off. I found out later the reason he took Monday night off is because he had a baseball game to go to. Tell you that stuff kills me. Confession's good for the soul, so I'm going to be honest with you, Anderson. I begin to question me. Because that that desire, that, that, that feeling I had when we left 17 years ago, I wasn't feeling it much anymore. I was, and I don't want to do this without a burden to do this because I won't be good to anybody. So this pandemic hit and, and most people got all beside themselves and went crazy and Started pointing fingers and blaming and going nuts. I just took a step back and said, okay, God. Maybe at least for me, you allowed this for me to get back in my prayer room. Get back in my prayer closet and reevaluate me. And I'll tell you, because I did, I can stand here without hesitation and tell you that I have a bigger burden now than I've ever had. I have a bigger desire now than I've ever had. Because in all of the mess, all I could do, I couldn't preach, I couldn't go to church, all I could do was worship Come on, those. That month and a half, I was saying, God, where are you? God, what's going on? And there was no answer. You know what I did? I just worshiped. My worship wasn't based on a building. It wasn't based on a singer. It wasn't based on a song. It was based on me and my God. on. If you feel like you've lost some stuff this year, I'll tell you how to get it back. Throw your hands up and worship. Lift your voice and worship. God always provides on the other side of your worship. Come on right now as loud as you can. Lift your voice and worship. Come on, whether you travail, intercede. Come on, I don't care what you do. But worship 
has been the heartbeat of God for this church today.